Before we get to the podcast, I have a gift for you. I love bringing hope to you each week through this podcast. Hope is such a beautiful gift and one that I definitely like to share. For the times in my life when I needed hope, I open my Bible and allow God's Word to speak to me. As a gift of hope to you, I've created a prayer journal, Seven Days to Refuel Your Hope. This journal shares my journey through some of the most hopeless times in my life and the biblical verses that brought me back to hopefulness. My prayer for you is that this journal will help you to refuel, refresh, and realign your hope. You can download this free journal by visiting my website, dianebells.com, or clicking on the link in the show notes. Tiny is my story. I'm the silent. I'm the mouse. Today is part two of my interview with Marvel Katz and her daughter, Journey Johnston, does join us and she discusses the process of bringing Tiny to life and she will also talk about the new character that she's developing for her own personal and painful story. Okay. Hello. <laughs> Hello. So you're the artist. I am the artist. Oh, oh my gosh. God. I fell in love with. <laughs> I did. I told your mom when I opened up your website, it makes me want to cry. It was just so sweet and gentle and tender. Mm-hmm. And it's for a book of this caliber that was one of the biggest challenges it's like how do i portray the emotions that tiny's feeling in soft art that isn't intimidating to children so it and i'm also a perfectionist i have a perfectionist uh (laughs) (laughs) issue (laughs) so every time it didn't feel right or the emotion didn't come through in tiny I had to completely restart like I couldn't just erase and continue I had to throw the paper away and start completely fresh (laughs) so I think I've done about 90 paintings in total for tiny just in rough draft and character just for the character just for the one said it might not be that you were trying to perfect it you were trying to create it in a way that it didn't mm-hmm. get the emotions out. Exactly. So that could have been cathartic for you as well as so saying, just not feeling it yet. We're going to get yeah. them tiny. You're yeah. It, out. Yeah. There was a, like I would, every time I, um, there were certain pictures that I was very excited to um, work on. Um, like the one where Tiny's eating the giant cookie with a glass of milk. I'm like, I have this vision and I need it to be on paper. Um, But then there were others where I'm like, right now in the story, Tiny is specifically talking about the hurt he's faced and wants to talk about it. So it's like, I can't just do a sad mouse in every single picture. or a scared mouse in every single picture like those emotions need to be there and to be shown but it can't be continuously through the story so finding like softer angles to show a broader emotion like an external um playful um quiet uh lonely almost in some pictures 
just like without it just being on his face, like showing the seclusion and like the isolation almost he felt in some pictures that I was able to portray in a very gentle way, but it still gets the emotion that he's feeling across. So it, it's a challenge, especially for the first book. But now that we have this baseline, I'm able to work on other characters or other ideas in, you know, already understanding how I want to move forward in portraying the characters in the pictures. So it's good. <laughs> Takes well, time. How did that, that help you with your healing process? Putting, giving a voice to the, the pain. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it definitely does. Like there are elements of Tiny that are my story for sure. Um, and my mom's story, like they kind of intertwine, but it's a very, um, I, I don't want to say baseline, but I feel like it starts the conversation. Mm -hmm. And then my story that we'll be releasing soon, but it is a tougher one to get on paper for me, because it's my story. And I'm also doing the illustration. So it's a lot. Yeah. Um, started it, haven't continued it yet but my story is going to be based on trauma-induced anxiety okay so that was my struggle as a child I had major anxiety which didn't wasn't really understood to the blind eye why it was happening right. so putting my story completely in you know a child-friendly way into a book it's very challenging but it's also going to be super healing once it is completed and finished. So, and I hear my child yeah. screaming. Are, you, are, you, are, you, are <laughs> so, you the hedgehog? Is that where the hedgehog comes in? Yes. Yeah. So it was, it was a very interesting uh, ordeal when mom first came up with the idea for tiny and you know, how tiny is a little mouse and it's a very ingenious way to showcase different personas in form of an animal because an animal is approachable and you know mice are very timid and very little and very quiet you know the quiet as a mouse right. ideal ideology and so when you put these personas into animal caricatures people are able to have a bit more of a generalized understanding because these animals already have those characteristics about them. So the hedgehog for me, um, it balls up when it's scared, right? It balls up and it has the outer protection of its quills. They're not porcupine where, you know, it'll hurt somebody, but it's a defense mechanism. You curl up and you hide in your ball, but people can't penetrate the ball because of your spikes. So that one resonated with me. I initially thought porcupine, but porcupine didn't quite fit it. Right. Because as you said, they, they have an, a, an attack. They yeah. have something else that they can, you know, go exactly. after. Yeah. The, the quills will actually like pierce you and hurt you. Hogs are so cute too. And they are. <laughs> they are. And I was a little child, but it bothered me when people would say oh you're so cute oh look at you because I'm like I'm I don't want to feel like I'm being like like brought down to a, a smaller level right that was part of my 
defense mechanism. So the hedgehog, as cute and adorable as they may be, have that protection barrier so that people don't take their cuteness too seriously, I guess. How else would you describe it? It's like- I think that's, that's a good way to describe it, to say mm -hmm. that we, and I, I loved how your mother said that there's, they have the soft exterior and then they have the, the prickly outside. I don't think that's the yeah. word to use, but mm -hmm. I think that we need to do that. And we almost mm -hmm. need to mm -hmm. teach children, it's okay to be protective of yourself. Yes. That you're, you're not someone's toy or you're not someone's mm -hmm. plaything or no one can touch you. And mm -hmm. I would have those discussions with my children because I just, I don't know. I don't know if I had memories. There was one weird uncle um, and there's times that I remember, but it, I, I don't know what it was, but I just knew that even as a kid, I was like, you, you can't touch me. You can't mm -hmm. look at me. I was yeah. crazy mm -hmm. as a kid. My mother's mm -hmm. like, whoa, <laughs> she come. I'm like, don't even get there. Don't yeah, even yeah. know. And I told mm -hmm. my kids, I'm like, no one has any right to do that. And I think that there is those triggers of just saying they're so, you know, it's just scary. I just don't mm -hmm, trust yeah. the world. And it, it just, it's just harmful. And for yeah. you, mm -hmm. both of you to share painful stories mm -hmm. and then just make it so, I'm sorry. I don't, can I use the word cute again? They're just so Go ahead. It's okay. I'm okay with the word now. <laughs> I pulled up your website. I started to cry. I'm like, how can so much pain make something so absolutely beautiful? It was just stunning to me what you were able to create. I appreciate it. I, mm -hmm. I'm we're, I'm incredibly proud of you how much be. people are clinging to his character because mm -hmm. that's what I wanted. You know, you want to feel for Tiny. You don't want to, like, you want to connect with the character mm -hmm. as soon as you see the page that right. he's on. His, his first page, you want to understand that this is a character you need to protect and love. Mm -hmm. So yeah, if I, <laughs> this is good. <laughs> this is a good response. <laughs> that was my response. It was like when I saw it was something that uh, I still cry just thinking about it mm -hmm. uh, because, you know, now I have my granddaughters. I'm thinking, oh my gosh, this mm -hmm. is terrible. Feel safe when I'm with you. Mm -hmm. And I, it was mm -hmm. kind of weird for her to say that because my husband who had passed away was a gigantic man. He could like bend steel with his bare hands. I mean. <laughs> and I'm saying, honey, why? And she says, because I know if anyone tried to hurt me, you would kill them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I felt like almost insulted. Like I'm like, am I? She's no, I know you, grandma. You, you do that. Yeah. put up with yeah. stuff and it was just the weirdest statement for someone it just it blew my mind yeah <laughs> so you know looking for the people that the kids feel safe with and those that they they don't feel safe with and to hear them to just listen and pay attention so I, mm -hmm. I'm just in awe of both of you I really am mm -hmm. this is such a tough topic and I it, is. Yeah. it goes so far out 
and that something is done and these awful statistics just they, yeah. they have to yeah. they have to go away they, they do have, yes they do they do yeah yeah now you were mentioning about um you know teaching kids about the boundaries so that is actually one of the books we are working on currently mm-hmm. is um creating boundaries for children so we have the story it's in the works and uh, we're hoping that it will be released in 2022. That's our hope. Fingers crossed. <laughs> <laughs> we have a half. We have a half book for me, halfway done. So we're brainstorming and building the story, but we're very excited to release this one. Mm-hmm. It may even get released before mine's finished. Okay. Just uh, mm-hmm. just because it is a harder book to dissect for myself. Right. Um, but yeah, we're very excited for this one. So what um, kind of yeah. character does this one have? <laughs> Do you want to feel it? <laughs> we're doing uh, a book on fairies. Mm-hmm. So little fairies in a garden. Yeah. Okay. And uh, so we're working on the journeys, working on the illustrations. Yeah. We've written the story. Uh, we still have to tweak it, and but the brain brainstorming has been done on it, mm-hmm. and we have an idea of where we want it to go and what we want it to look like. Um, so now it's I'm I'm keeping my illustrator very busy. Oh She's gosh. very busy. Lots of lots of brainstorming of what we want mm-hmm. the characters to look like. Um, but the idea behind it, if you don't mind me sharing, um, do you mind me sharing? You can share. I'll, I'll share. <laughs> um, back when mom was a little girl, she would go into the forest and build towns, like little little towns in the forest. And there would be streams and she would plant trees. And, you know, she had her little people and they would be dwelling in this little uh, oasis village, village mm-hmm. that she would build. And then her older brother would come and run through it and destroy it all. He so threw baseballs into it. He thought it was really funny because I'd cry. Yeah. Oh. So the idea behind the fairy garden um, is these fairies are living in the forest and they have their beautiful little um, fairy village. And um, it's very beautiful and serene and all these things. And uh, they allow people in it. There's nothing guarding it um, because they want people to see the beauty of the garden. And then um, essentially (laughs) it gets destroyed by a huge being. It just stomps on it. Mm -hmm. The whole thing just like breaks. And so these fairies uh, need to rebuild their garden, but every time they try, it gets stomped again. And so they try all they can by themselves to build it as strong as they can, but it doesn't work. And so Um, That was kind of where we were at. And then mom came up with the idea that they go in search for somebody who will help guard their garden and to stand guard at the door and not allow anybody else to break it, Mm. essentially, or to keep the bad, uh, I I don't know, it'll be a troll or a giant or something. (laughs) We're not too sure yet, but allow them from coming back while still allowing the ones that they want in the garden or will protect their garden and love the garden and build it back with them into the gate. So that's the idea behind the boundary book where you set those boundaries, especially as a child 
you have, you need somebody there to help keep your boundaries strong because as a child, you're vulnerable. You're very vulnerable. Mm -hmm. So as adults, we're able to do it a little bit easier, but we still need the people around us helping us with those boundaries that we've set. So I feel like it's going to appeal again to the masses, not only to children, but to adults as well. I don't know why I had this vision. I'm just going to share it. That Mm -hmm. I see this big tree that has this opening and then it closes when when they know that there's someone that's not there. I don't know why. I'm just sharing. (laughs) Maybe we'll incorporate that into the story. It's just a weird feeling like, Mm -hmm. like you you know, when you're in the forest, there's a protection and that there's this big tree that it would be almost hidden this thing that they couldn't see it because the tree was so big. And Mm -hmm. then it would open up for the good people and and close when the bad people, whatever. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then I'm thinking about the Gargamel and the Smurfs. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I was thinking when you had grandkids, you're seeing. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Well, I don't know if you've watched um, Trolls, like the Mm -hmm. movie Trolls. Yes, yes, but yes. The Bergens like had those big, yes. ugly, warded feet, and they were always after the trolls. Right. So that's kind of my vision for like the foot just stomping on the fairy oh, garden. Yeah. So because I don't think it would like I don't think drawing attention to the character in itself, mm-hmm. just a big foot, just the big foot, and just mm-hmm. stomping on it. It doesn't yeah. care. Has no emotion and about it. Just stomps it. Nails. Exactly. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Big, ugly, warded foot. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, so well, there's, I, I just love that you're actually able to delight in the creativity, even though it's mm-hmm. a painful topic. Mm-hmm. But that is something that shows us that we can have joy and pain. Mm-hmm. And not that, you know, that there's still a possibility. You can have joy in your pain. You can be creative. You can be productive. You can have all these other good parts of your life mm-hmm. uh, and not let them take your life forever. Exactly. Something yeah. I've, I went to a Bible college out here in BC. And one of the things my teacher who was ahead of the program I was in taught us was your greatest misery becomes your greatest ministry. So I've been rolling with that. And, you know, even though it is hard, continually delving into everything that I've gone through, and mom's gone through, and, you know, almost taking that weight on our shoulders, it is so important and so healing to be that voice for the people who are afraid to speak up, and giving them that opportunity. So the more we're able to dive into, the more we're able to help people move forward, mm-hmm. which is really cool. Yeah. So yeah. it's kind of an endless um, opportunity, I would say, like just delving into traumas and trauma responses, as well as uh, mental health or medical conditions or grief or whatever it may be. Like there's a story for that because there mm-hmm. are kids who do this every day and they're walking in darkness and they can't get out themselves. So yeah, it's it's really cool. It's a, it's a beautiful ministry as hard as it is, but every ministry is hard. (laughs) It's just, and just say that you've been given this beautiful gift, uh, like (laughs) 
I can't draw a stick figure. So I'm always <laughs> anybody who can draw something that looks like what they wanted it to look like. I'm just <laughs> off for that. And to say, here's this misery that you went through and this ministry and this wonderful gift you've been given to be able to, to express it mm-hmm. and to work through it and to minister to, to other people. I just, I love how God works. That's all I'm going to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That. And I'm looking at the different people that I've had that they interviewed for the podcast of how many different hardships that they've had that there's just so much healing and that's why I was doing the hope station because I'm just like there's so much brokenness from all different levels you know we all have our different brokenness that we've gone through and you know mine has been more as an adult than it was as a child uh, losing my daughter and losing my husband Mm -hmm. but um you know, you can just process it differently. And I'm looking at my granddaughter who was four, this is just an idea for a book, when uh, her grandfather passed away. So she she knew him, but not like mm-hmm. my, her sister who had 11 years. But she did have a TikTok message that said, some kids want new iPhones or something else. I forget what the second thing is. She says, all I want is my grandpa back. Mm-hmm an idea for another thing because they they you know the losses that little kids have yeah that's actually a book that we're going to be hopefully doing or starting to storyboard is a book on grief and loss Mm -hmm. Um, because whether it be a loss of a parent an adult in your life that was very precious to you or a divorced um you know in losing your parents and that having that separation like kids aren't able to process that yeah Oh, it's yeah. it's so hard understanding how the person was there yesterday and is no longer there so yeah yeah so we're gonna be we know that's a book in the making mm-hmm. what it's gonna look like is unsure but we know it's a book we need to write yeah yeah so we're excited so we I'm sure Sophie would love to have a discussion with you <laughs> oh, <laughs> that would be great we welcome that oh, good. Just- we welcome that you know, and she has a, a little friend that lost her mother right around the same time that she lost her grandfather. And uh, I just watched this little girl that just, and my heart just breaks to say she's just she's grieving. She's grieving. Yeah, mm-hmm. and the grief is, mm-hmm. I don't know when it will go away. And there, there's oh. just, you know, the work that you're doing, because kids do engage with stories and with characters. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. It's just such a softer way to approach it. So I think you have lots of ministry left to go. With oh all yeah, this is just the beginning. It's <laughs> just great to be on. You know, like I feel like I'm knowing about this on the ground floor, and I, I just, I feel absolutely privileged that you both mm. shared your story and seeing your beautiful face as your mother. <laughs> <laughs> create something like that oh my gosh yeah it's it's exciting we're excited for what the future holds and this is just the starting line Mm -hmm. we haven't seen the finish line it's still very far away so very far I I I don't even know if there needs to be a finish line you know there's just because then Mm -hmm. there's one more story to create and feeling we're never going to be done because well in with this one in particular (laughs) with, with the story about the the mouse tiny um, until they're, until the statistics are 
zero until they're zero. That's we've right. got work to do. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, it's a it's a nothing news under the sun. So this has been something that's needed to be there for generations. generations. Yeah. So we hope it impacts the generations forward. Mm -hmm. So and it's healing good. Some of the generations past too. Yes. To yes. Healing through this. So what's the hedgehog saying? Daisy. Daisy. <laughs> Daisy the hedgehog. So I. She's very cute. She's adorable. I, we would show you. Yellow. Uh, <laughs> so so the one of the um, underlying messages in the story of Daisy is Daisy likes wildflowers. And her name Daisy is because she has a big daisy in her hair. But as she's going through her journey, the flowers are falling off of her little crown. Ooh. But at the end of the story, she takes her daisies back. She takes her um, flowers back and puts them back on her head. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That is just beautiful. Yeah. There's lots of, lots of healing in that story because it took me quite a while to get my daisies back. But mm -hmm. it's, it's, very cool just like seeing it starting to flourish again for myself mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so yeah yeah I think that do we have stories or giving hope but when you look you yourself what mm -hmm. you're able to do with this that you said your misery into the ministry that's going to bring incredible hope that mm -hmm. they don't yeah. have to be stuck in in this space that they can mm -hmm. move on and do something. So if you think mm -hmm. of all the people who, the one out of three who, who are standing up and pushing back and doing something for it, mm -hmm. you might, yes. as your mother said, become the advocate for this needs to stop and it needs to stop now. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm just thinking back like a couple of years ago when the Me Too movement was happening. Um, like all over the internet, there were girls and guys as well who were um, using the hashtag me too. And I forget who it started with, but there was like a, um, maybe a celebrity that was a sexual abuse survivor. And then people just started falling behind right. saying I was too, I was too. And so that movement, I think, allowed a lot more people to speak up, but it's been people again in their 60s, their 70s, their 20s, all these people and the kids, like the adults have already gone through their right. healing process or their coping process or whatever. Mm -hmm. And yet there's so much happening to children still, like the ones that don't understand. Like as adults, we figure it out, we understand. Or if it happens as an adult, we understand what happened. But I think a huge part of where mental illness and addiction comes from is like, like this isn't even a thing that should be in your head right now. Like this isn't even a, a comprehension as to what, you know, it's supposed to be right. like as a teenager, you start getting more understanding, but as a young, young child, like this, like, it's just a complete a misunderstanding mm -hmm. and that's where they know they can take advantage because they don't know they know you don't know even what's going on right 
So a child can't process Mm -hmm. a child can't process sexual abuse. They know it's wrong and they know it shouldn't be happening. Um, but they're little, they're Mm -hmm. little kids. And, and, you know, just so especially, especially people that, um, you know, women or men that have been, um, survivors of sexual abuse, we need to be, we understand the, the internal, the, the, the intimate part of sexual abuse that that's been, um, defiled. Mm -hmm. And we, we need to be the guardians of the children, um, to step up and start saying, this is not going to happen. This is not acceptable in my community. It's not acceptable in my classroom, in my school, in my, um, you know, for my children, my grandchildren. And you could take a book like um, about Tiny and and read it to a child. And it's it's a very gentle story. It's It's creating a safe place for the child. But to use that as a resource to empower your your child or your grandchild and say, if somebody ever tells you this, this is a lie. If you ever, if something like this ever were to happen to you, you come tell me right away and I'm going to be in your corner and I'm going to believe what you say, right? So you're taking it, this book really just opens up that space where you can, as the caring adult, you can, it opens a conversation. Mm -hmm. So now you have, um, you have the opportunity now to speak into the situation Mm-hmm. and and empower the child um, whether they've been abused or not abused it is not okay when somebody does this to you if this ever happens to you you come find me I'm that feisty grandma I'm gonna stand in your corner and I will beat them up I will I will right? I, I, I wouldn't even want to dream I have never harmed another human being physically <laughs> but I know that in there as Sophie said well here's another yes. thought that and I don't know if this is true from the research that you've done, that usually sexual predators have also been sexually abused. They've had some form of abuse that has happened to them. And unfortunately, it's it's the sins of the generations, right? Like what right. was done to them will either be halted yeah. in its tracks or it will continue. So that's, it's, that's a sad thing. I mean, I can't, I can't, be an authority on that, 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 that is, um, you know, that a sexual predator has been abused. I, I can't stand in the gap there and say that that's factual, but in our experience, that's been what's happened. Um, and so pro we're not the experts on that. I don't know no, for I, sure, I, but it, it's definitely question if that came across at all, because it's it just that if you can get what I'm saying, if more people are speaking out, like at your mm-hmm. age, and they're talking yes. about it, then mm-hmm. maybe that's, that's where it breaks, or if they know about it, that that sin, you know, perpetuates for generation upon generation. This, this book that we wrote is, is from an emotional point of view, it's getting the emotion, the safety to be able to talk about it. It's not about body parts. It's about, um, it's a violation. That's what it is. It's a violation, a physical violation, but it's mental and emotional 
your your body carries it in your mind and it's trauma it's trauma marble it was such a different conversation and i really appreciate you coming back on again because i didn't want to not share the story i just wanted Mm -hmm. to share it in a way that others are going to listen and go oh my gosh i want them to be can i say this pissed off I want yeah, them, yeah, yeah, they should be. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I want yeah. them to be pissed off. Yeah. And the first one wasn't getting the emotional pissed offness that yeah. I felt that we needed. Well, I appreciate the feedback that you gave because I, you know, like Journey touched on it a couple of times that tiny is my story. And I didn't want that to be the, the focus because that's not the so by me saying, oh, this is my story. And then, and I, ha- and I'm a silent, I'm the silent, I'm the mouse. I haven't talked about this for 50 years. And so uh, by you saying, you know, you're not showing the emotion, you're not, you know, engaging in that. And it's like, that's, that's, cause that's, that's something I haven't, I haven't um, released yet. Well, I think that part of it is, I, w- I wasn't trying to push you in. And I told you, if you this is oh. what I'm just giving you feedback. And it was good. It was good something feedback. that you're yeah. ready to talk about. Then let's mm-hmm. not talk about it. Mm-hmm. It was almost like I felt like you were um, mechanical. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. There was such a way that saying no one's going to believe the story. It, d- it doesn't feel like it matters. That's mm. And Mm -hmm. I, I, you know, you're not the only one that I've talked to about. Some didn't even have Mm -hmm. any horrific things happening. I said, nobody cares about this. You keep on saying, well, I was ill. I don't know what your illness was. You wouldn't Mm -hmm. share it. Mm -hmm. I'm sending this back to you. I love your story. We need to have, I want to share it, but I can't share it in this context. It doesn't do anything. It's not, it's not, uh, the message isn't going to get across. And I, I, you know, and I love having conversations with people like um, Mm -hmm. I can get in there. I'm someone who others have shared secrets with me that they've never shared with anyone else. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I I always feel privileged when anyone wants to share painful things. And I always Mm -hmm. want to respect them in that space and saying, this is, I enjoyed your conversation. Is, is this really how you want to help people because you have to help them in their pain get out of that pain yeah Yeah. and the only way is by us being willing to talk about it yeah you have to be passionate about what you're doing otherwise you know the passion isn't going to follow with anyone else behind it I needed your feedback um to make my message to even know where I'm going with my message and, and it's so nice to have Journey here because she's very bubbly and talkative. Thank you, Mom. <laughs> and, and she shares her story because it's her story, right? And, and I have my story as a mom. So if it wasn't for you and what you're doing and the feedback that you gave to me to go, am I really serious about this? This is what I know God called me to do this, but I, I, I'm like, Jonah, I don't, I don't want to do this is hard and it's depressing and it's you know where do you find the hope where's the hope and here's the hope right here your feedback was good the the hope was you being able to voice that story and get this marvelous book out it's just so stinking adorable which is just 
it shouldn't be on such a hard topic, but it makes it available to open up. We yes. want to open it yeah. up because it's just so beautiful. Just yeah. absolutely yeah. beautiful. What I really want to do is just make sure that these stories get out there and help people mm-hmm. can't tell their stories yet. Yeah. To be able to tell them. That's my yeah. that's my goal. Here's something that it just fell on my lap within the last week. And I'm not sure exactly where the Lord's leading, but um, um, I have an, a beautiful aunt who has run a grief support group for, for 20 years. Okay. And she's created her own program, her own stories, her own content. And she's now 81. And I just sent her an email because she's just so wonderful. And um, I said, I, you know, because Journey and I were talking about writing a story for grief and loss. And so I said to my aunt, I'm really interested in what you've been doing with your support group. And I'm wondering if you could, you know, kind of give me some guidance, whatever. And she emailed back and she said, oh, my goodness. She said, I am. I was just asked to do another one. And she says, you know what? I am. I'm 81. I am retiring. And she said, I have all this material. Do you want it? What? (laughs) Like, what an honor. She she is writing out it's like a six week program on grief and loss. And um, she said, you know, a lot of churches use grief share, but she said she found it so kind of uh, spiritually motivated, which is fine for churches. But she's she's been getting referrals from doctors and she herself is a nurse and her husband's a pharmacist. So um, but she wanted something that that would just actually address grief, the grief process. And she's based it on um, a book, um, the something about like the Lord is my shepherd. So it's based off of Psalm 23, but she is now sending me week by week. She's organizing her materials and just putting it on my computer and saying, here you go. And I'm like, how did, who, how, Okay, Lord, you said this book, <laughs> this one. And I'm like Jonah going, I am not, but now, now I've got this and we've gone through tremendous grief. We've gone through multiples that have died in a very short period of time. So my husband and I know all about grief, which is how Journey got her name because we were, we had big losses when we were pregnant with her we named her journey because it seemed appropriate so <laughs> so journey has been on her own journey yeah but, but anyway so i i don't know i'm receiving all of these rich resources that are just she's got such a beautiful loving heart and i'm like something has to be done with this like i i'm way more comfortable talking about grief and loss than i am about sexual abuse but I want to, I'm discerning where the Lord is taking me. And maybe it's like I said to my aunt, are you okay if I take these materials and, and use them in the book that we're going to write? And she's like, absolutely. We're, we're putting this together and we're giving it to you. I'm retired. It's great. Whatever this looks like. Well, I would love to hear about what she's done with that. I can ask her, um, she just, I think she felt it was over spiritualized, 
which can happen in any ministry. You can make it all about, you know, spiritualizing it, you know, but at the end of the day, it's, it's trauma. It's trauma. Grief, grief has its own journey. Right. I think when we sometimes spiritualize things, we try to rationalize things Mm -hmm. that it doesn't allow that space to say, even Jesus wept. Yes. Right. Right. And I, I think it's too, we're, we're too focused on, okay, you had a tragedy. Now what, now what, what's God done in your life now? So it, it doesn't hurt anymore. And it doesn't, Grief doesn't work that way. It can yeah. take years to get through grief. Yeah. And, and you'll still cry in 20 years. You're like I cry all the time. My kids can tell you, I cry over everything. Cause you know, if I'm watching a movie and somebody dies, I'm like, <laughs> I laid on the couch when my daughter died and watched touched by an angel every single night, like the reruns mm-hmm. and just cried. Like it was, yeah. it gave me a weird sense of comfort. I don't think yeah. I could ever watch it again. Yeah. And I was taking a walk. I was just talking to myself. I spent 24 years with my daughter and mm-hmm. I just sat there and cried. Mm-hmm. Like, I, fe- such I feel, yeah. yeah, I feel yeah. like a lot of people expect the grief to disappear. Right. Like it, it was never there in the first place. And I've actually seen a picture where it depicts a person, you know, when the grief first happens and it it, it compasses their whole being. Right. And they say, you know, in years time, it's not that the grief disappears, it's that you grow. So you're growing bigger than the grief. It's still there. It's still very much so part of you, but you're growing around it. It's still part of you Mm. and it's allowed to be. But so many people are like, let's move on from your grief. Let's move, let's move forward. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, yeah. because yeah. you can't just tell me to forget. Another child that they, it is, it's like, you just feel better if you moved on. I said, well, mm-hmm. what if I don't want to move on? Yeah. Not mm-hmm. that I, I want to be stuck in grief. I'm not in mm-hmm. grief. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That sadness is there every day. Yeah. yeah. And I can be and- happy and sad at the same time. It's an amazing yeah. phenomenon. Yeah. Yep. Well, it's just yep. like trauma as well. They're, you know, people are always trying to say, you know, it'll disappear. No, it doesn't disappear. It's always going to be a part of you, but you can choose whether that controls your life or you Defines grow, right. you grow because of it. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. But if you're just stuck in it and you're stuck in this right. web, then you're never going to grow. Like all too often, like I have an uncle who deep depression, they lost their son a couple, like almost 10 years ago. And it was like, he was reliving it every single day. Like the exact same thing. It's like, it just happened yesterday. And it's like, we're not telling you to forget about it, but you're letting it hold you there. You're letting it stay right here in front of your face. And it's like, that person wants you to grow. They want you to, you know, remember them and carry, you know, still have grief for them because it's a loss, the loss of a loved one or a person who is very close to you. We're not asking for it to disappear, but if you let it keep you in your, just like this storm, if you stay in the storm, you can't heal, you can't grow 
you know, like, I don't want you to move on, but move forward. We want you to, I want to see you become better and to become a better person and all these things. But, you know, it's hard seeing a person just be in their grief all the time, just like it just happened yesterday. And we want fix it in some ways and it's, yeah. it's a choice like anything else that you're struggling with and I remember when my daughter had died I said I don't want this to be my defining moment I mm-hmm. want it to be a refining moment mm-hmm. it's always going to happen something else is going to refine me something mm-hmm. else God is going to use for my good if I allow it and that's mm-hmm. the hard part he always is asking for permission <laughs> Mm-hmm. can I do something with this Diane can I can I take that so I it is hard when you see people and I said they have to do it their way and if they, this is how they decide to to live that's their choice they they mm-hmm. get to live there it's hard to, you need to forgive yeah. you need to feel you need yeah. to be willing and it's such a shame so I'm oh, forgiveness forgiveness is such a big piece but I think um you know when when I talk about forgiveness I I want other people to understand it it's it's actually um vertical it's it's not about the horizontal like you can forgive somebody that has done a horrible thing to you because it makes you a better person right it makes you a better person and and that you can't you aren't responsible for how the other person is going to respond and you don't you know forgiveness isn't like you have to be in the same room as your abuser you don't have to be in the same you don't have to be on the same channel this is this is free it's setting you free it's setting you free not that that's what it's about they will get their consequences those things yeah we always the consequences are always there Gosh, we could talk all day. My coffee looks <laughs> I'm going to let you go. And I again, I just thank you so much for your courage. Mm. Yeah, your courage. Thank you for the opportunity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Without I, the opportunity, <laughs> our story doesn't get out. If there's no opportunity, the story doesn't get out. You have to find other ways to get it out. Yeah, so we're, we're, always, we're always moving forward with it. So it's, mm-hmm. it's good. It's very good. Yeah. Slowly but surely. <laughs> I can't wait to see the other ones. Just love it. Just maybe happy looking at it. I don't know if I can read the story though. I'm so sorry. Just look at the pictures. <laughs> <laughs> Have it just in case. <laughs> this one is a cute little tiny. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Well, thank well, you. We appreciate it. Yeah, thank you so much. And I also want to just thank Journey and Marble for bringing us through this marvelous journey of taking something so painful, so reprehensible that happened to them and bringing it to life to help others, young children, get out of the pain and the shame and the lies and the manipulation that uh, childhood sexual abuse can cause. And I am just amazed 
at people who suffer through this and then they can bring as i've heard so many times through my guests that god can bring uh, beauty through ashes and he has definitely done that through journey and marvel so thank you once again for pulling into the hope station and i am hopeful that these stories are showing you that god has a plan for you through your pain through your challenges through your trials and tribulations and he is going to do something beautiful with that pain and shame if you allow him to so if you want to share your story with me if you feel like you have a story of hope like marvel and journey do i have a link in the show notes that you can use to fill out some information and contact me directly so thanks again and i hope that you have a great week Before you leave, I have another free gift for you. What are you looking for in your life? A new career? Stepping into your purpose? Restoring passion in your everyday life? Are you ready to step into the new life God has planned for you? And he does have a plan for you. And that gift is to experience the power of coaching. Coaching helped me through my painful journey when Joe, my husband, died. Coaching eased me through this transition to move to Florida. I wasn't sure why the Lord was bringing me here and what his plans were for me. Coaching gave me clarity. Coaching was essential in making the Hope Station podcast a reality. A dream came true working with my coaches. Coaching also brought hope to hundreds of my clients who stepped into their purpose and passion And it all started with a free consult call. So schedule yours today. To schedule our Hope Chat, otherwise known as a coaching call, you can click the calendar link in the show notes or visit my website, dianebells.com. That's D-I-A-N-E-B-E-L-Z.com. This coaching call could be exactly what you need to ignite a spark of hope in your life. Hope might be just one call away. Why wait? Schedule your call today.